Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. For free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Well, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour. Luke's still out of town. I'm Bob Getty. I'm with you today from the First Bank Studio right here in Hattiesburg. And uh, we're always glad to have you on the Eagle Hour. Wherever you tune in, one of our Super Talk affiliates around the state, maybe online uh, from wherever. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour. Opening segment of the show sponsored today by Dickie's Barbecue Pit, as it is every day. And we never get tired of promoting Dickie's. Great food seven days a week. Great staff here in Hattiesburg. You can enjoy their delicious food cooked every day. You can enjoy it in the dining room, through the drive-thru, take home, whatever you like. They'll deliver it right to you if that's what you prefer. And don't forget Dickie's when it comes to catering. We thank Dickie's. For their support. Heath Hinton from Big Gold Nation on the show later. Kelly Sander joining me as well. But we want to kick off today's show as we continue visiting with our new football staff. Today, we're very happy to have Mark Kreiner on the show, the new linebacker coach for the Golden Eagles. And Coach, welcome to the Eagle Hour. Oh, nice to be on the Eagle Hour. How's everything going today? Well, we're doing well. And anytime we can talk to you guys, uh, we love this. I, I got to tell you, Coach, we've just been blown away with uh, – with the enthusiasm and the energy of this new coaching staff, and I'm sure you're a big part of that. I, I guess from from your seat, you you feel that energy as well. Oh, there's no question. And I'm a pretty high motor guy myself, so you know I I enjoy uh, I I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed my time here with the uh, the the number one thing is with the staff. I think it's a very well run staff, good organization in the standpoint of. You know, you always wanted to be a hard-working group of guys that, uh, you know, are all, all in it for the right reasons. And then getting our players back in, in, uh, on the 19th and then having a few weeks with them, it's been great being able to run, watch them run and lift. And, um, you know, right now it, it, everybody's free game. Everybody could be a starter, right? right. And so it's a hard-working group, and they're all trying to become the starter. and. And uh, so I know in the linebacker room, I think we have a, a pretty experienced group of players that are going to be eager to really uh, get in the spring ball. And I know right now they're showing me right now during, during our running lift, our winter conditioning, our winter running and lifting that, um, you know, that they're, they're extremely uh, attention to detailed oriented. So we're excited to have that. Coach, I think of uh, linebackers here. I think of people like Michael Boley, Odalius Thomas, uh, T.J. Slaughter, some really big, tough guys that uh, did very well in the in the NFL. When you when you look at the at the linebacker core right now at Southern Miss, what 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 do you see? You know, I see a group that um, that some played more than others last year, and so we all know that, and they they probably have the lead in the standpoint of they lead a little bit because they feel they have experience. Well, that's always great to have. But having youth and having guys that um, are a year older will really 
help. I mean, in my opinion, competition builds excellence. And I do think we have some young players that are going to push some of our older players. But um, overall, I think, it's a, I think it's a very experienced group that we could do a lot of damage with. We can make sure that we can um, have, a, have a group that's very um, organized in the standpoint of they have to be do your job, sort of say. We always talk about that every day. Do your job and make sure you understand what everybody else is doing. But don't try to do somebody, don't try to do somebody else's job without before doing it yourself. And I think the overall group is going to be a good group. We can run and hit. And, um, it's what we're dealt with. And, hey, in my opinion, I've been really, really excited about it. Coach, what do you hope to get out of your group with spring ball just, uh, just around the corner? Uh, competition, understanding what to do in the defense. Um, I think the more and more reps we can do in the standpoint of walkthroughs, uh, film work, walkthroughs, walkthroughs again, and then practice, and then individual, all those type of things. What we're trying to get is, number one, everybody to have a great understanding of what the defense is. All right? And the great thing about it is we are running three, four concepts, and they did a lot of that last year. Um, This is a different defense. There's no doubt about it. This is a different defense. But I do think we're going to grow this spring um, and just – I want, I want guys that are eager and hard work that are willing to really bust their butt for their teammate. All right, Coach, I'm going to switch gears a little bit with you, and I, I forewarned you about this. Uh, very yeah. interesting to me. You played at Boise State. Your dad was the coach at Boise State from 1976 through 1983. And anybody, of course, that follows college football knows that it was really Boise State that stepped out of the ranks of mid-majors more than any other mid-major school in the country, and I don't like that term, but for for whatever reason we'll use it. Uh, And really, you know, got on the national stage as a national power. Coach, what did Boise State do different that other schools were not able to do? You know, um, my, my dad was there and was able to really kind of start that whole thing um, in some some way, in some form, and won a, an FCS national championship. But um, and then once it, once Boise State really, you kind of always had that magic. They, there's the home record going back to the '70s is extremely, extremely high percentage wise, and they've always been able to carry it through. Um, you know, through the, the test of time. And obviously Chris Peterson, you know, had such a great run there. And then, you know, it, it seems like it's just been over and over. And, and uh, um, Harson now at, at Auburn, um, he was able to carry that great record, you know, continuing to going on the great home streak. It's just, uh, it's really the biggest school in the state. And it's in an area where it's very populated in the standpoint. That's the only population in the state of Idaho is Boise. That whole area. So it's been, um, it's been a, it, they've done a great job. The, the atmosphere is wonderful. And I know that uh, um, Southern Miss has had great, uh, you know, home, home stands. And I know this when I was in Conference USA, I was uh, at the University of Cincinnati and um, I hated coming here and playing. And that's kind of how I believe the West Coast is. People do not want to go play in Boise. And, and God bless them, and everything's uh, they're doing well. And um, 
the uh, it's just, it, it's a, it's kind of magical. I don't know what what exactly it is, but mm-hmm. it's uh, it's a great turnout. It's um, mm-hmm. I, I grew up there as a kid, so I got you know firsthand experience of it, and it was uh, it was great then. It is now. So so well, well let me ask you this: when when Southern Miss was kind of making that same kind of run that Boise did, and to a, to a degree, Southern Miss had some success in you know in that respect. One thing about the Southern Miss program was the consistency. The same football coach was here year in, year out, largely the same staff. Boise hasn't had a huge turnover in coaching uh, either. So has that uh, has that helped? Does the stability help, I guess, is my question. Yes, yes. And I think the administration really helped them as well because they said, hey, we can't take cuts. We've got to continue to build and build and build and make this program better if we want to continue to do what we have been doing. Mm-hmm. So when they won their first Fiesta Bowl, they knew they, administrationally, they had to continue to stay up with all the Jimmys and Joes. And they're, um, um, you know, they've done a great job there. But the one thing about the coaching staff, they have had coaches that if the head coach left, they hired somebody from within or they hired and they brought back a guy that had played there. They brought back a Bronco, you know, and, and that's been, I think it's, uh, I think it's a tribute to them how, how much success they've had. Right. I, yeah, I think that's a great point. A minute left. In today's environment, with the, the Power Five and the Group of Five and all the money, you know, uh, all the advantages to the Power Five, how far can a school like a Southern Miss or a Boise State go? You know, I, you, you have to build as long as we can win our league and we're league champions and we can continue to have win streaks after win streak. I think boys, you know, people like Southern Miss and Boise State, I think they can, you know, the, the little guy can, can rise and recruiting is the key. And as long as you can win, you're going to get good football players. And let me tell you, it, it just takes one time for you to be better than that next opponent. If it, if it's, you know, if it's a power five school or a non-power five, I think consistency is what you have to understand how to build within your program. And if you have consistency and you have good players and you're willing to coach hard, good things can happen. And um, I really do think that Will Hall is going to do that here at Southern Miss. That's why I'm here. Well, we're glad you're here, Coach. Great conversation. Really interesting to get your perspective of that. Uh, I thank you for coming on our show. We're glad to have you in Hattiesburg, and you're welcome here anytime, Coach. Oh, I appreciate it. Thank you all. All right, everybody. Mark Kreiner, who's the new linebacker coach for the Southern Miss Golden Eagles. And every time we bring them on, you hear it yourself. Just a lot of energy, a lot of enthusiasm, a lot of reason, I think, to be excited about the returned future of Southern Miss football. We'll be back. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Hey, welcome back to the Eagle Hour. We're going to hook up here momentarily with Heath Hinton. Had a little bit of a technical issue. We got it right here. Hang on. 
All right, glad you're with us, and uh, thank you for tuning in today. I want to thank our new linebacker coach, Mark Kreiner, for joining us in the first segment. Second segment of the show, of course, sponsored by our good friends at Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net. You know about them. It's a great place to buy Southern Miss swag, and you can do it six days a week right there on Hardy Street. Uh, Kathleen and her staff, fantastic to deal with. You can also go to go online at campusbookmark.net. You can call Miss Kathleen. And uh, she'll pick you out something, help you decide what you need, and she'll have it uh, mailed to your house. Doesn't get any easier than that. All right, that's the day of the week that we visit with our friend Heath Hinton from Big Gold Nation. Heath, how in the world are you? Hey, Bob, how are you guys doing today? Well, I'm doing good, and uh, glad to have you uh, on board with me today. I understand that you uh, you just uh, finished a Zoom uh, a Zoom call, a press conference with uh, Jay Ladner. Let's touch on that real quickly. Uh, What's the word out of the basketball camp? Looks like uh, there may be some changes coming to the starting lineup. Uh, Coach Ladner said in a press conference today that, you know, if he could pick out one guy that's safe right now, it's Tyler Stevenson, and I can understand why. He's been really solid this season, but he said everything else. Uh, right now, all the, all of the positions are kind of up for grabs, mm. and I think he's looking for a – I think he's looking for four players that can get out there and start fast. That's the one thing he said. He is he's done the Newt Rockney speech. He he's tried to change the way you know they get ready for the game. Try to do some things different, but they still have a slow start. So he said, now we're just going to have to get four guys out there that can start fast. Uh, Miss shots, not being able to make shots in the early part of the game. Uh, it's driving him up the wall. So he said, look, we're going to – we've got to start fast. If they start fast, they win some of these games. Mm-hmm. Problem is they're, you know, 22 to 4 down and have to climb their way back into it. Right. Game after game, that do. seems like that's been that's been the problem. Yeah, and, and the shooting woes because they start putting pressure on themselves because they're so far behind. You know, it's a snowball effect, and he's trying to do something to stop that. All right, now, I understand you have a pretty good interview that's uh, going to be put up on Big Old Nation here shortly. Yeah, I got a chance to sit down a while with uh, Coach Ron, the system basketball coach, and talk to him. And really what we did, we kind of talked about uh, what his job is as an assistant coach and, and what the team does. And, and you know, kind of got an aspect of basketball not a lot of people know about uh, how the team gets prepared, what, what goes into preparation, scouting a game, what the travel, what they do when they travel, how hard that is. Talked about, you know, what this season has been like because it's been so different. So a real fun interview, very informative, very informative interview coming out of Big Old Nation. I, I tell you, uh, Heath, the, the new coaches, both with basketball, football, are so open, you know, so receptive to uh, talking to people like me and you. Of course, uh, coaches like Coach Barry McNallis, uh, uh, John Stewart, th- th- they've always been that way. But that really hadn't always been the case with basketball and football, and it's a real breath of fresh air. And uh, and certainly I, I know that you probably feel the same way. All right, let me oh, do. go ahead and finish your thought. Oh, no, I was just going to say I do. It's been uh, nice to – not saying that other coaches you know, wouldn't talk to you, but I think the availability of the coaches to talk has been – at every sport now at Southern Miss is something you don't see at any other university. Right. And I'm going to say that, that that is led in no small part by the openness and great relationship that all of us have with Jeremy McLean. I mean, I think that leadership comes from the top, 
And I think it's a new era of Southern Miss athletics insofar as being open and, you know, the, having the ability to communicate with these uh, guys and, and get them to share their thinking uh, with the listening audience, in our case, uh, your readers in your case, the Southern Miss Nation in general. So uh, kudos to all of them over yeah. there for doing that. So, Never one time has Jeremy McLean turned down a, no, turned down no, a request for me to ask the question. No, Never. you're 100% right about that. And, uh, and we're all, I think, really grateful uh, yeah. to have him here. So I'm looking at the basketball standings at Conference uh, USA. Eastern Division, Western Kentucky in first, 13-4, and 6-2. Old Dominion in second at nine and five, and then it really starts dropping down. Charlotte's nine and nine, Marshall's ten and five, FAU eight and seven. Go over to the West, uh, UAB's running away with it. Uh, they're sixteen and two, nine and one in the league. North Texas in second, uh, ten and six, six and two in the league. Louisiana Tech fifteen and six, pretty good record there. Eight and four, Rice twelve and eight, six and six, and. I hate to say it, but at the bottom is Southern Miss, seven and twelve, three and nine, and last place now in the West. So it got me to thinking. Let, let's project ahead, uh, and let's say UAB continues to play like they're playing, and let's just for for the purpose of this discussion say they end the season twenty and four, and they play a sixteen and five Western Kentucky team in the championship of the uh, conference tournament championship and Western Kentucky hits a, a buzzer shot at the end and wins the game. And here sits 20. Now they're say 22, 23 and four UAB, but Western Kentucky is the tournament champion. Is a team like UAB left out of the NCAAs? No, I think UAB's in. In fact, I've seen a lot of publications right now that have UAB as a 13 seed with how well they're playing. Andy Kennedy's done a great job in Birmingham with that with that team. Um, no, I think that would be the case where Conference USA would probably get two teams of that in. Now, I can say that Southern Miss has been in that situation where they've been, say, 22-6, and six, lost the conference championship game and got left out. So we've seen it happen before. I just think this year with, you know, with basketball, with – some of the powers not being as good as they have been in the past, I think it opens it up for Conference USA to go from a one to a two bid league. And who knows, maybe something crazy happens and they go to a three bid league. I don't see that happening, but you never know. But I do think in that case, Conference USA is a two bid is a two bid league. The only way Conference USA is a two bid league though is if Western Kentucky Right. If UAB runs away with it, UAB. Yeah. yeah. If UAB ends up winning it all, then Conference USA, in all likelihood, a one bid, a one bid league. Yes, that is correct. UAB would have to get upset. Otherwise, right now it's looking like UAB. You know, if they run the tournament like they have in the regular season, I still think though, if they're, you know what though, if they're twenty-one wins and they go into the conference tournament and they lose in the first round. Are they losing the second round to get a first round bye? I don't think they get in. I think you're probably right. I think they probably have to get to the championship game and lose it and get in. And then you get two bids. But if they, it's so weird how these bids are done that a team like, like to get Conference USA two teams in, UAB would have to go all the way to the championship game of the, of the tournament, get beat by Western Kentucky. But if they, UAB were to finish with 21-22 wins, 
He had beaten the first round. The Western Kentucky wins. They wouldn't get. Right. So uh, they'd get one. It's just. Well, these well, bids are so crazy. Well, to begin with, you have to save at least ten or twelve bids for the SEC, irregardless of the records of their teams, right? I mean, you're you're going to get, and, I, and I'm being facetious, but you're going to get a ton of teams from the SEC, the ACC. The, no matter, they're they're going to get multiple teams from their leagues in the tournament, right? The the three league, I would probably say the ACC, the Big East, maybe the S. ACC, Big East, and SEC, and maybe Big Ten, Big 12, and the Pac-12, Pac whatever they're called now, um, they're going to get 40 of the, you know, 44 of the 68 bids or whatever it is. Right. That's going to happen. What you got is schools fighting over 24 bids in the rest of the conferences. That's right. That's the way it's always been. Kind of uh, shameful, but that's the way it is. All right, last minute left. USM sitting at the bottom of the West, seven and twelve, three and nine. Are the Eagles going to make the tournament? It doesn't appear to me that they are. Well, there's still hope because UTEP uh, got swept last weekend, so there's only a game uh, splitting them and UTEP. And you know, Southern Miss, they're going to have to win one this weekend against a very good North Texas team. And then you look at the end of the season, who they have. I mean. FAU and Florida Atlantic, two teams that, let's just face it, may not be as good as. Right. Uh, so I mean, you know, you you got you got a chance there to where, yeah, you could actually make the tournament because of the schedule left. But you're gonna need to get one of these with North Texas coming in. You've got you you've got to win. Right. One of these. Games. You've at least got to split the rest of your series. Almost is that. Fair to say? I would probably say you need to split this one and sweep one of the next two and split the other one. I think you need to go. I think, man, it's going to be tough. They need to go one game over 500. Right. In yeah. conference play. And then that might would that might would get it. All right, Heath. How can people sign up for Big Gold Nation? I'll just go to uh, Google Big Gold Nation or uh, southernmiss.rivals.com and uh, go up there and say sign up and sign up. And it's real easy, eight ninety nine a month. And uh, you'll get a lot of good interviews. As I said, got Coach Rome coming out, coming out pretty soon. And had a lot of baseball stuff. So a lot of good stuff going on. Always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you, sir. Y'all have a good one. Heath Hinton, everybody. Big Gold Nation on the Eagle Hour. We're not through. Hope you'll stick around. We'll be right back. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Welcome back. Bob Getty with you this afternoon in the First Bank Studio right here in Hattiesburg, West Hattiesburg, to be more precise. Old Highway 11, to be really precise. We're glad you're with us wherever you're at this afternoon. This segment sponsored by 4th Street Bar and Grill. Kelly Santer and I love 4th Street Bar and Grill. We like the shrimp poor boys. We like the plate lunches. We like the cold beer. We like the sports memorabilia all through the store. There's really little we don't like about 4th Street, Kelly. Yeah, and, and really, Bob, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but the sports memorabilia, they have so much of it that they have to, that they have to rotate it. 
You know, they rotate it in and out. So the, so the stuff that's on the wall, you'll only be able to see it for probably a month or two. And then they take that down and they put up more. So they, they have so much Southern Miss history on those walls, sports-wise, that they, that they have to. They have wow. to rotate all that stuff. So if you think you've seen it all, you haven't. Next time you go in, there will probably be some new stuff that you haven't But seen. they never take down the iconic NIT championship poster with the shorty shorts. No, no, and I think they would be in trouble if they did. But, but for, for anybody that has seen that poster, I can tell you it used to be in color. Right, right, right. <laughs> it's kind of faded over the years. And uh, seasonally, you know, like uh, Robert St. John has seasonal specials at Crescent City Grill. Right. They have this seasonal Stump Taylor Memorial that they put up there, you know, with the, the iconic square-toed shoe and all the headlines from Stump's great career. Oh, I, I thought maybe I thought maybe when they served you your food, they always serve it wait just off to the right, just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't. Or, or they hit the lot. edge of the table right when they're putting <laughs> it up there, right? <laughs> right. Stump. That wasn't very we love you, Stump. <laughs> then it was really cool that that you were talking to Coach uh, Mark Kreiner a little bit earlier because you know we had John Walters, the voice of the Iowa State Cyclones, on not long ago on the program, and the. the, the interesting ties between Southern Miss and Iowa State. There's so many. It's just wild. All the, you know, the things that the basketball coaches who were at Iowa State that came here and the football coaches that were here that went there and the Alumni Association director at Iowa State is a Southern Miss grad and he's from Collins. And it, the list just goes on and on. But Mark Kreiner, um, you know, played football at Iowa State and his dad, Jim, was the football coach at Iowa State my last couple of years there. So Mark Kreiner was a high school student in Ames, Iowa, the last couple of years that I was in college. And here now comes full circle to, right. to 2021. And he's a coach at Southern Miss and, and I'm here and his dad is going to, going to come down and visit some during spring ball. So I'll get to, to see his dad again. Some what, 37 years later, something yeah. like that. So just basically amazing. you're just a lot older than coach Kreiner. <laughs> I'm, a lot older than about everybody, Bob. <laughs> You're seasoned, Kelly. That's what I would say. Methuselah and I, you know, were the first season ticket holders, I think. Right. Um, Just like yesterday when you admitted that even in the last couple of years you got to watch the Babe play, you didn't like him. You didn't like Babe Ruth. No. No. Uh, I, I respected him. Yeah? Respected him, but, uh, but didn't like him much. All right. What's but, on your mind today, Sander? Well, it's a little bit about a lot of things. We want to congratulate uh, Ariel Diaz of the Southern Miss uh, ladies soccer soccer team. She was named the Conference USA uh, Offensive Player of the Week as the soccer season. You know, so much has been smashed into the, the spring months because uh, COVID put everything uh, on the back burner until the spring. So the Lady Eagles trying to get some soccer in here. Ariel Diaz playing well right out of the gate, being named the Women's Soccer Offensive Player of the Week according to uh, Conference USA. While we're on Conference USA, let's take a look at the women's basketball standings. First of all, in the, on the east side, Middle Tennessee is running away with the title on the eastern side of the ledger for the women. The Lady Raiders are 10-2 and two so far on the season. And as we go through these records, you'll note that some teams have played a lot more games than others. And again, COVID, the, the guilty party there. Middle Tennessee leading the way on the women's side in the east at 10-2. and two. Charlotte is next at 5-3. and three. So you see the Lady Raiders have played 12 games. The Lady Niners have only played, uh, have only played eight. And then FIU 
is in third in the Eastern Division, coming in at six and four. Still talking about women's on the Western side, the Western standings. Rice leads the way, but the Lady Owls are only six and zero. I mean, they're undefeated, but they've only been able to muster six games because of COVID complications. UTEP is second in the women's standings at nine and three, and then North Texas is third at six and two. When you look at the men's standings in Conference USA in the East, it's Western Kentucky leading the way at six and two, but again, only playing eight games. Old Dominion is next at five and three. When you look at the West side, it's UAB having played ten games with a nine and one record. Now, Louisiana Tech has played twelve games. They are at eight and four, and then North Texas is at six and two. And of course, the Mean Green will be the next opponent for uh, Southern Miss coach Jay Ladner, scheduled to be on the Eagle Hour right here tomorrow to talk about uh, that upcoming series. And in his press releases this week, he has said every position is open. Uh, but uh, none of the players should feel safe about their playing time based on some of the recent performances that his team has uh, put forth. And then a couple of other quick notes. In college football, you don't think that Deion Sanders is already having an effect on Jackson State. The national television networks uh, have already scheduled Grambling and Jackson State as a nationally televised football game coming up this fall. And in a turn of events, the PGA of America is going to begin with the major tournaments this year, they are going to allow touring pros to use distance measuring devices. You know those little things that look like binoculars that that a lot of the kids will use them, but you look through the, the binoculars and it'll tell you about what your distance is to the pin and to the green and all that that sort of thing. So now they're going to allow that that technology to be used by any of the pros that that want to use them. These guys aren't good enough. Now the technology is going to tell them exactly how far they are away from the front of the green to the hole and what have you. So the PGA, who has not allowed those up to this point, is going to allow them. And NASCAR is back, Bob. The Bush Clash is scheduled for tonight. That will be televised on FS1. And the Great American Race, the Daytona 500, which officially kicks off the NASCAR season. The green flag will drop, weather permitting, this Sunday from Daytona. And NASCAR, a little bit different. They play their Super Bowl so to speak, at the beginning, the very first right. race of the year, rather than at the end. What a comparison. You've got the loud, uh, you know, all-American, uh, straightforward NASCAR, loud, smells like oil, drinking beer, having a great time. And then you have the PGA. It doesn't allow anyone to make a sound when they're on the train. So, 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 so you do think that in Daytona this weekend there will be some beer drinking going on? You, you know, a, a little bit. And... Uh, <laughs> I, you know, I hear all kinds of things going at Daytona, actually. I, I had a couple of buddies up in the Delta that used to make that trip over there, and they said the real entertainment was before the race, Kelly, that a uh, couple of yeah, days before the race, it got real entertaining there when the sun went down. Yeah, it gets, it gets pretty crazy over there in Daytona and Talladega and, and the NASCAR crowd. And, of course, we go to Indianapolis every year, and uh, Indianapolis is the, is the largest single-day sporting event in the world. I'm not sure what they're going to do about crowds at Daytona, this weekend because of COVID. But that, that brings up another note, Bob. The Major League um, Players Union has agreed to the terms of the owners um, <clears throat> for the upcoming baseball season, but the owners are going to make sure that all the players get vaccinated mm-hmm. uh, against COVID before the year begins. So it does does look like Good. we're going to have a baseball season. You're a baseball guy. Tell me what this means. I, I read where Nick Sandlin was, quote, invited to the spring training of the, I, was played, I think, with the Indians organization. 
That's right. So what does that mean you're invited to spring training? I mean, I, I thought he was part of the organization. Well, but you're not guaranteed. He's part of the organization, but he's not guaranteed a spot on that 40-man roster. So this okay. is an invite to compete for a spot on the big league team. Correct. Correct. And and because of, because of COVID and because there were, there were no games last year, Major League has, has been so financially impacted. So many minor league teams have been cut that, that you know, the Major League draft normally has been comprised of 40 rounds. This past year it was just five rounds. So there just are not going to be very many playing spots anymore for a lot of these guys. And, you know, Nick Sandlin, just to, just to get an invitation to compete is, is going to be a big deal now because a lot of these guys that would have gotten the opportunity to play in the minor league somewhere being drafted in the, you know, the 10th through the 40th round, those, those days are gone now, mm-hmm. at, least for the, at least for the near future because a lot of those minor league teams have, been, have gone the way of the Buffalo because there's just, just no money to keep those teams how does that affect you think teams like the Shuckers on the coast, uh, the the New Orleans minor league baseball team, the the team in Jackson? I mean, have, have we heard or are those teams playing this spring? No, a lot of those teams. A lot of those teams are in holding patterns. You know, uh, people who have been you know employees of these teams are still in holding patterns. I said, well, you know, what are you going to do? And people will say, I don't know. I haven't heard yet. Hmm. Uh, they they still don't know. And out in out in Arizona, you know the the city of Phoenix wants spring training to be delayed, you know, uh, three or four weeks until they get COVID a little bit under control. Well, until they finally decide who's going to go where and and what teams are going to be participating, um, they they have to be in a holding pattern. It's it's a mess right now. But at least the major league teams, which is the major breadwinner for the owners, of course, they've they've got their bed pretty well made now it looks like for the coming year all right kelly's going to stick around with me we're going to wrap up this edition of the eagle hour on the other side of the break we hope you'll stick around too back in about four minutes Southern Miss to the top. Hey, welcome back to the Eagle Hour. Bob and Kelly with you uh, this afternoon. This segment sponsored by D1 Training and D-Bat. Now, Kelly Center's a man that coached a lot of Little League baseball in his life. And, Kelly, to have a facility here like D-Bat where you can take kids and uh, have them work out in the offseason, have some really expert uh, you know, people dealing with them and helping them improve their game, got to be an advantage for children. For sure. And, you know, in the old days, Bob, when we were in school, and I know people are going, oh, here he goes again. But, I mean, when we were you know, in curriculum, physical education was part of what we did. But, right. but, the ki- but kids nowadays don't get a whole lot of physical education. You know, they don't get a lot of activity. And now with all these video games and stuff, they're parked in front of a TV, and you're seeing, you know, morbid obesity among kids on the rise in this country. So it's, good. it's obviously good for physical fitness. It's good for their mental well-being for them to be involved in activities. And the earlier they learn about fitness and nutrition and all those sorts of things, the better chances that they won't look like me. 
<laughs> and that's important. If you're listening out there, mom and dad, that's important. It, it, it has done absolutely nothing for me. <laughs> so uh, DBAT has a, a wide array of programs, uh, different levels of training, softball, baseball. Uh, the, yeah, they've got a program to fit your child's needs. And if you're an adult like Kelly that believes in working out, then there's D1 training in the same building, but they've got state-of-the-art equipment there, expert staff to help you get yourself in the best shape of your life. And, you know, a lot of adults enjoy sports still, and it's a way to fine-tune your tennis game or your basketball skills or just whatever. So DBAT, D1, uh, we highly recommend them here on the Eagle Hour, and we hope that uh, you'll give them a look. All right, Kelly, you were, gave some morbid news yesterday. Softball opens this weekend with a with a tournament and uh, you were saying, you know, there was going to only be weather that the kids from North Dakota could deal with, but a little better forecast now, is that right? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a chance of, a, it, you know, Friday and Saturday. Friday, there's a, a pretty good chance of rain. Saturday, cloudy, but it's, it's earlier the forecast was calling for highs only in the upper 30s, right, with, with gusty winds. Um, now, the slightly better news is that now they're calling for highs in the low to mid 40s. Uh, which, you know, is not necessarily anything to write home about, but it, it beats the heck out of 38 degrees. Right. Um, so I know with, with no baseball yet and so on that the young ladies would really appreciate uh, as many Eagle fans getting out there this weekend to, to cheer them on, and, and you'll get big bang for the buck because you got, you know, it's a tournament and, and uh, you, you'll get to see them play a lot of softball in a little bit of time. So, so the Lady just, uh, Eagles have the home they have the home field advantage, but we still believe North Dakota has the home weather advantage. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, and you'll and you'll know North Dakota, they're the ones that'll be uh, warming up with orange softballs. Right. Um, cuz like I said, they can't practice up there with white softballs. They lose too many in the snow. Right. <laughs> They'll also be the only team out there warming up in shorts and t-shirts. <laughs> Because and it'll not, be like and, a spring day to them. Yeah, not and not missing a lick. You know, right. For them. Right. Boy, they're a long way from home, aren't they? And that, that's a long way to come to play softball. Well, you know, and the baseball teams used to do that too, Bob. You know, they'd take their spring breaks and um, and sometimes those teams would come down from the north and and would, would maybe play their first twelve to sixteen games on the road, you right. know, down south and then finally the snow would melt up north to where they could kind of get things going. Um, so the teams from the South definitely had you know big advantages to to start the season, right. but more and more teams as budgets are starting to increase a little bit, more and more teams are getting indoor facilities. But there's nothing there's nothing you can do what you can do to try to replicate live game action, but there is nothing like live game no, action. No, you know. So and, it'll, and it'll you be, know all these kids are really anxious because their seasons were cut so short last year. So they they really missed eighty percent, ninety percent of the season last year. You know they're just chomping at the bits to get out there and play. And I'm I'm excited, Bob, because I mean tomorrow I get my first COVID vaccine shot, and more and more, you know, Doctor Fauci and everybody saying, look, the best thing is is to get get your vaccine. We're not going to shame anybody that doesn't, but um, that's going to be the best thing. Correct. For sure, get out and see the Eagles play baseball or, or what have you. You know, they're still going to limit crowds. One way you can protect yourself um, is to get the vaccine if it's if it's available. And I know some of the Walmart stores are going to start um, having the the COVID right. vaccines. And Hattiesburg Clinic, if you, as you have mentioned on the show, is making some of the right. some of the Pfizer shots available. So 
And let me point this out too, Kelly, and I learned this this morning from uh, TeleSouth headquarters. They opened up 1,500 appointments for vaccinations here at the uh, Civic Center in Hattiesburg and Forest County, 1,300 in Jones County. That's the drive-through where you where you go. Uh, you know, the Lake Terrace here is where they have them, uh, and uh, you go through and, and get your shot in your car. So if you haven't had one, get on that State Department uh, Health Department website right. Th- right. now because there's there were fifteen hundred slots available this morning here, thirteen hundred in Jones County. Probably will uh, go very fast. So check that out if you haven't uh, gotten your vaccine. Yeah, that's actually where I'm getting mine tomorrow. Is at the Magnolia Center in Laurel. So I'm thankful. There you go. All right. Well, if Kelly doesn't pass out and whimper like a teenage girl after the shot, you will be on the show tomorrow, correct? I'm looking forward to it, Bob. <laughs> Might be a little drowsy. You know, I don't know how it'll affect me. But <laughs> No, that's not the vaccine you've got in mind, Kelly, but that's the thought for another day. Oh, oh well, I thought you weren't going to say anything about that. <laughs> we'll be back tomorrow at 1 o'clock, Kelly Sander. Until then, Southern Miss. Always to the top, baby. <laughs> Into the future I want to fly like an eagle To the sea Fly like an eagle Let my spirit carry me I want to fly like an eagle Till I'm free Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.